0: the North State Journal. The North State Journal is free, NSJ Online, and you can read the writings of my next guest here, A.P. Dillon. She's a reporter for the North State Journal and writes for, I think, about 14 million other sites uh, in her spare time. Hey, A.P., how are you? Good
1: morning, Pete. How are you doing?
0: I am doing well, doing well. So we've been discussing the uh, the the social studies and history standards, the new standards that got approved. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to go back to so you've been covering this as well. And you've been covering North Carolina education for years. Um, and I, I was actually yeah. talking to Ross during one of the breaks because I had never heard of this term. What was it? The asynchronous day or something that Wake County is using. Um, and one of the challenges that producer Ross has encountered is that he's trying to teach math to his kid but it's the common core stuff and he doesn't really know oh. how to do that <laughs> as most I think adults don't nowadays um so let's kind of go through just the um the the background of how these K12 standards came to be revised in the first place Okay, so why did this why did this train get rolling so to speak well
1: standards um throughout throughout their history, go through a series of revisions about every five to seven years, I believe it is. They're looked at and updated, um, corrected, new versions put in, um, that sort of thing. Uh, so this started, let's see, two years ago? It was 2019, I believe, when the first um, talk about the revisions for the social, stand- social study standards came up. And, and DPI put together a team to do this and they do that they do this periodically for all standards. So this isn't something that's just social studies uh specific.
0: And we had a change as well if I remember I think it was last year. Maybe and I guess this overlapped at the same time where the uh right we had the the introduction of the financial literacy component and that that bumped out a history course or something. Uh
1: yeah, there was a little bit of um uh, chaos around that particular piece, <laughs> um you could say, uh yeah, and it did it did sort of edge out some some other content, but the um the bill itself that put that into place was was quite good actually, and mm-hmm. a lot of parents applauded that one um, They had kids that weren't learning how to even balance their a basic checkbook kind of thing um in in my day my my parents taught me how to do that, but um parents these days aren't apparently doing that. So they put a course in place um, and it's, it's not just balancing your checkbook. It's got a bunch more things in there. It's got yeah. like um, the interest. stock markets and interest and um, mortgages and all that. I mean, it's everything finance is pretty much crammed into that thing.
0: And Which are actual it's, it's a worthwhile life course. Yeah.
1: Yes, it's actually – it's a very worthwhile course, but it did have to crowd out some other, some other topics, so they had to shift them some things around. Now, that wasn't necessarily a revision, so to speak, but hmm. they did have to move some things in order to make room for that.
0: Okay, so that's sort of the background. So now that gets us to this – the process is underway, and this started under the former – uh, State Superintendent for Public Instruction, Mark Johnson, right? It started under him. Uh, but then mm-hmm. you've got Governor Cooper and he's making appointments to the Board of Ed. And so as this process is going through, you've got different people cycling on and off of the boards, it seemed like. Uh, you got a new Lieutenant Governor. Well, we do. Right? Mark Robinson is now in there. New Superintendent for Public Instruction, Catherine Truitt, is in there. Mm-hmm. And um, so now this takes us to January. You've got the new elected leaders. They've all been sworn in. Um, and so now this conversation comes up to the board, and I want to say it was like uh, like late January. I think the twenty seventh was sort of that first meeting. And was that the meeting that they had scheduled at the same time that the lieutenant governor was supposed to be in session, no, was or was a that different a different one? That's a different. That was one. a okay. different one.
1: Yeah. Yes, uh, there were there were actually three different meetings that led up to the actual vote for this. And uh, the first one was early in January. They had their their annual well, not annual, but their monthly meeting. And at that meeting, there was some discussion about it, but no vote. And that's when things got a little bit heated, and um, Lieutenant Governor Robinson made his opinion known that he felt that these standards included um, elements of critical race theory, um, leftist dogma, this kind of thing. So uh, they started getting some more attention because people people realized, hey, suddenly, hey, these things are being looked at, and we, we should maybe weigh in on them. Now, any parent who went and tried to do so during the the period where you could go in and comment on these standards would have found it to be an extremely overwhelming task. There are a number of different standards, line item standards, per grade, per topic, that you would have to go in and comment on separately. So the process for doing so was laborious. It was difficult. And then the second meeting that popped up, um, they were going to have some more discussion. There wasn't going to be a vote on that one. They were just going to make the motion for the next meeting to vote on it. And that was the one that overlapped with um, Robinson presiding over the Senate. And they knew that he was presiding over the Senate at the time. Now, the board hasn't said whether or not they, they realized that there was a conflict there, but they didn't say that they didn't realize it. <laughs> um, <laughs> So uh, that, then the next time that they came together was the next board meeting, and that's when they voted. And it went right down party lines pretty much, uh, 7 to 5. Um, it passed. But it's worth noting that all the elected officials on the board uh, voted no against us. So.
0: All the, say that again. All the elected officials on the board voted no. So that yeah. would be... That would be uh, Falwell and Robinson, Right, Falwell being the state treasurer, Dale Falwell, yeah. he's also uh, on the board of education. And so, as I understood it, also Mark Robinson, he believes that they set the schedule in order to conflict with his ability to be there. He believes that.
1: Yeah, he believes that. He says that uh, he has he he talked back and forth with them and tried to find a, a time when they could they could both meet. And the times where he was available, they they decided that that wasn't uh, a viable option.
0: Hmm. There was a quote that you had from uh James Ford uh who was one of the board members mm-hmm. and on this I actually because I, and I I I went back and listened to and watched uh, the, uh, the last two board meetings where they debated and then voted on this uh and James Ford is uh you know he's a believer in uh, systemic racism, critical race theory, he's a social studies teacher or was a social studies teacher. And uh, he did say something I agree with. He said, if we're being honest and forthright, this debate is connected to a much longer, a much broader national discourse. And I agree with him. And you you pulled that quote as well. Um, yeah. I just don't think they ever talked about it in the specific with the specific name, which is critical race theory. i never heard that term mentioned. Have you?
1: No. In fact, that, that term never really even came up in the discussions during the board meetings. It was sort of an unspoken truth that this is what they were talking about. Um, the, the overall tone, that was what was actually talked about. Instead, they they replaced critical race theory with the with the term tone or negative tone that these standards have. And if you go through, there is a sort of a downtrodden feel to some of the standards that were put into place and some of the language that they were going to use. Um I do agree with uh, pulling out the terms systemic racism and gender identity because they replaced them with just racism and identity and then put a glossary in the back with a whole litany of definitions and other terms that have been applied or added to that label. And I think that that was a better way to go about it, a fuller way to go about it. Um, If you're going to include those terms, then they should be a little bit broader on the top line, and then you can dig down in. Um, the point that Catherine Truitt, Superintendent Truitt made, which I think got lost in the mix somewhere, is that the standards are just the line item pieces that the students are expected to, to learn about. What actually supports those standards, the curriculum that goes behind them, is where things could start to get sticky, as we've seen in the past uh, in many districts around this country and around um, the state. We've seen teachers pull materials that are not necessarily appropriate in order to um, bolster standards that they're trying to teach to, including several things like uh, diversity uh, surveys, like the one that happened at Heritage High last year or two years ago in Wake County, that asked kids about their sexuality, their gender identity, um, personal things that, you know, violated... Federal privacy laws for students, <laughs> and the district had to send out a letter to teachers telling them not to use these kinds of things because they were violating their students' rights. Um, and we're seeing this. Cro- yeah, we're seeing the same problem crop up again in Charlotte Mecklenburg just recently. Another one of these surveys popped up. Um, so th- there's a problem with that. Um, you know, we, we have a what's called wokeism going on in some of our schools, and uh, there's there's an issue with that.
0: Well and I think uh John Hood from the John Locke Foundation put it a, a really good way he said that they're trying to smuggle critical race theory in with these standards and I think that's a really yeah. that's a good way to put it is that nobody's having that debate about critical race theory they're just trying to work in the components of it Uh, On the down low. Um, Now, uh, Catherine Truitt says uh, I've seen a piece that she circulated in FAQ. And I guess this went to state lawmakers. And she says there will be no critical race theory coming out of the Department of Public Instruction because I guess she's going to be in charge of the curriculum uh, creation and putting that together for the teachers to use. Is that your understanding of the process?
1: Well, she came in on the end of these standards, and I think that if she had her way, she would have probably gone back over them again one more time, Mm. but they were already at the process point where the vote was about to happen, and there's no way she could have stopped that. Um, It is worth noting that uh, Superintendent Johnson, her predecessor, didn't do anything about stopping these standards, so Mm. he seemed to agree with them. Now, when it comes to curriculum, she can, as superintendent, she can offer a series of um, resources, books, materials. She can make a repository available for the districts, and whether the districts use that or not, it's going to be up to them. Um, Ah. So, I mean, what it really boils down to is parents, you need to be paying attention.
0: Right, exactly. Uh, AP Dillon, a reporter for the North State Journal. The website is NSJOnline.com. AP, good to talk with you. Thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. Great, thanks.